You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Some late breaking developments in the Kinder Morgan pipeline dispute, including this angry reaction from Alberta. With the Trans Mountain halted and the work on it halted, until the federal government gets its act together, Alberta is pulling out of the federal climate plan. And let's be clear, without Alberta, that plan isn't worth the paper it's written on. And we'll have more on Rachel Notley's reaction coming up. But first, the huge victory for opponents of the project. The Federal Court of Appeal overturning the Trudeau government's approval of the contentious expansion. Tetranecki has more on the decision and reaction. The 250-foot-long oil tanker Aristeos arriving in Burrard Inlet today, ready to load up on Alberta oil. And right behind it, the Sangha Pride, another oil tanker, awaiting a refill. These ships will keep coming despite today's Court of Appeal ruling. What's not imminent is a seven-fold increase in tanker traffic because the courts quashed Canada's proposal to twin the existing pipeline. Today, we won in court against this project. Just two days ago, construction started in central Alberta for the twinning project, but with today's ruling, that will have to stop. The Federal Court of Appeals saying Canada was obliged to do more than passively hear and receive the real concerns of the Indigenous applicants. We denounced the so-called consultation process from the very beginning. We described it as fundamentally flawed, and the courts have uh, upheld that that observation. In addition to suggesting the National Energy Board must engage in a considered meaningful two-way dialogue with First Nations, it also singled out the NEB's failure to consider the seven-fold increase in tanker traffic and what that might mean to the environment. The uh, submission by Trans Mountain, in our view, was fundamentally flawed from, a, from the assessment of uh, potential effects of a marine spill. Our coast is considered to be an integral part of the decision-making process and marine traffic was not adequately assessed by the NEB or by the Ordering Council to proceed with Kinder Morgan. A pro-pipeline group like the organization calling itself Suits and Boots, which has held rallies in BC and Alberta, say they don't believe today's ruling means the project is dead and with luck it will steer proponents in the right direction. We're where we are today because it's a self-inflicted wound by the government and by inability of regulators to give a clear answer on a whole bunch of questions. So dead or delayed, depending on who you listen to, but even some of the anti-pipeline challengers realize that this fight isn't over. The fight carries on. And we will always be there, standing up for our water. Gukstem. And as the news broke, Kinder Morgan shareholders couldn't dump the pipeline fast enough. Within minutes, they voted 99% in favor of selling the existing pipeline to Ottawa. The feds shelling out $4.5 billion for it. They can take the bull by the horns and deal with the problems that have forced everybody to put it on hold. It's a battle. It's a stupid one, but it's a battle, right? And they're going to have to fight it in, in order to get to go through. Our Keith Baldry is live in Victoria with more on the decision and the angry reaction from Alberta we saw off the top of the show. Uh, Rachel Notley speaking less than an hour ago, Keith. 
Yeah, quite explosive talk from uh, the Alberta Premier. The ball is now back in the court of uh, the Trudeau government. Uh, they're going to have to uh, get active on this and get it in front of the National Energy Board again. In fact, the ruling itself, at the very end of it, and I've actually read the more than 260 pages of it, uh, actually prescribes a remedy, of, of a way forward, a, a roadmap, if you will, of how the government can actually get this project through. So it's not dead, it's delayed, but whether it actually succeeds is another question. Rachel Notley, again, just moments ago, an explosive uh, address at the Edmonton legislature. And Bill Morneau, the finance minister, again, making it clear, as far as his government's concerned, this pipeline is still very much alive. Alberta's economy is held hostage. Canada is not working. So the time for Canadian niceties is over. If the federal government acts boldly and gives this crisis the attention it deserves, construction can restart early in the new year. This absolutely needs to happen. We know that this is an economically good decision for uh, Canadians, not only in terms of the pipeline itself, but in the benefits it will bring to our, our broader economy. So we're looking forward to making sure that we move ahead in a way that diminishes any risks. So if they can move ahead, Keith, how mm. long before the feds get this pipeline built? Well, there's a bit of a clue at the end of the, of the uh, court judgment today again, Sophie, where the court, uh, in its remedy uh, prescription of how to get this project through, actually says the government can put a time limit on National Energy Board uh, uh, processes and that a consultation with First Nations can also be done over a short period of time. So it may not take as long as a lot of people think. But more chapters in this story still to come. All oh, right. Yeah. Thanks, Keith. A Surrey RCMP officer caught in a creep catcher sting has pled guilty to breach of trust. Dario Devick was arrested in 2016 and originally was charged with child luring. Jill Bennett has more on his guilty plea to the one charge today and what it means for his career. Dario Devich arrives in court almost two years after he was the subject of an investigation following a sting by the group Surrey Creepcatchers. Our client, Mr. Devich, has uh, entered a plea of guilty uh, to what's termed a breach of trust. Uh, and the intent is to move towards sentencing. And at the end of sentencing, Crown will stay the, uh, what was the original charge, which was the luring uh, charge. That will go away, basically. Officer Devich is seen in this video, live-streamed and posted by the Creep Catchers in early September 2016, one of many from the group that poses as underaged girls online to catch child predators. At the time, they said Devich had come to meet a girl under the age of 16, something his lawyer says was never the case. The individual represented herself to be an adult. She posted pictures, again, that were clearly, clearly of an adult woman. I mean, it's not even debatable in our, our mind in reviewing the, the evidence. And he moved forward on that basis. In the courtroom, Dario Devich stood quietly, speaking only to agree to the guilty plea. In an email, RCMP confirmed Devich was discharged from the force earlier this year. That followed a code of conduct investigation. While he was a police officer, he should have known better. He accepts that his career in law enforcement is over. Creepcatcher stings have helped lead to other charges in other cases as well. But when asked if that legitimizes the group, Gill says no. But for the creepcatchers to go around and um, really become what is in effect a, uh, a cyber vigilante organization is not really how we as Canadians should be dealing with the justice system. Devich will be back in court for sentencing on September 11th. Jill Bennett, Global News. Heads up for hikers. A warning tonight about an aggressive bear roaming trails in a popular park. It involves Lynn Headwaters and the warning comes after the bear was spotted following some people. Nadia Stewart is live in the park with more on this. And Nadia, this afternoon, conservation set a trap. 
Yeah, that's right. They do have traps in place. The trail is open now, although it was closed for a few hours today while conservation officers dealt with this aggressive bear. Since Thursday morning, conservation officers have been on the lookout for this bear. This morning, a runner by herself was uh, chased by the, the, the bear in question that we were able to identify as being the same one responsible for all the other reports. Other reports dating back to last week when a small dog was attacked. It later died. This bear has been following people, chasing dogs. We had multiple reports over the last few days. Officers closed the Varley Trail for a few hours on Thursday. See any bears? No, I was singing Luckily, and clapping. The <laughs> Though it appears not everyone was concerned about the potential risk. The focus now is on removing the animal. I saw some rangers setting up a bear trap. I've seen the danger bear warning and bear sighting in the area. I haven't seen extreme bear activity signs. Yeah, this bear is extremely <laughs> active in the area. He's been very, very uh, frequently seen in the area and obviously in conflict with the uh, dog walkers, with walkers and chasing people. People are now allowed to re-enter the area, but expect extra signage. I'm hoping that people will use the, ar the area with a lot of caution. Now, dog owners are being reminded to keep their animals on a leash. As for the bear, once it is caught, it will be euthanized. Back to you. All right. Thanks, Nadia. Good news for drivers. A day early and just in time for the long weekend. The city of Vancouver announcing East First Avenue has reopened. This is a live shot from Global One. East First from Nanaimo Street to Clark Drive fully reopened to traffic this afternoon as gas line upgrades near completion. Portis, B.C. began the upgrade back in May and work will continue periodically from Rupert to Nanaimo Street until early September. The closure has not only been tough on drivers, but also businesses, some reporting major losses, even being forced to close or reduce hours during construction due to lack of traffic. And several are now considering filing a class action lawsuit. Uh, it impacted my business. I probably lost 30-40% in revenue within the last uh, three months since they started partial closure on First Avenue. They even had an open house here at my restaurant before they did the project and for all the merchants and all the businesses and they said that they would compensate businesses, they would look at it and then in July they said no, we're not going to do that, we're not going to compensate. In other words, lawyer up, that's what they said. So now we're looking at uh, getting a class action lawsuit with a few businesses here on the drive. Well, we reached out to Fortis, B.C. for their reaction to the frustration, and they tell us they have not been served with any legal action yet. And they'll continue to work with businesses and residents along the route during the gas line project to minimize the impact. Some good news when it comes to the wildfires burning throughout the province. Today, the Wildfire Service reported 512 fires currently burning, and that number is going down every day. 1.24 million hectares have burned, but visibility is improving, which allows crews to get a clearer view of the extent of the damage. More than 1,000 properties are still on evacuation order, 10,000 on evacuation alert, and a campfire ban remains in place for almost the entire province. Right now, though, when more than half a million B.C. school children head back to class next week, about 800 kids in Surrey might be the envy of the province. As John Hua reports, they're going back to a brand new school with some state-of-the-art features most of us would never have dreamed of. 
There are new books for the school library. A fresh set of volleyballs for the gym. So this is where you're going to be. But back to class for Nathan Husting and more than 800 other students in Surrey also means a brand new state-of-the-art school. It's like so big and it's just so much to look at and just so much room. At the cost of $55 million, Salish Secondary is the next step in evolution from the days when education meant closed off classrooms and desks were set in straight rows. Isn't it class? Yes, The way in which we went to school was conducive to our society at the time. The old format that used to get us ready for life in a factory now replaced with learning pods, breakout workspaces, equipped with movable furniture, even whiteboard desks. All those things that we know are in the workplace now needs to be reflective in the schools. And while this high school might look more like a high-tech firm, it was teachers like Jennifer Johnson who helped with the design. There's so much potential in this school, and I don't even think we've started to figure out what all that is yet. And it's not just about having a lot of space, it's how you use it. Take technical drama. Why teach students about lighting in a workshop? When you can have a class right here on this theater skywalk, high above this 200-seat auditorium. I think it's really interesting and a lot different than we used to have growing up. Growing is also a big part of the Salish Secondary setup. As Surrey's population continues to explode, the hope is open, adaptable spaces will mean no portables for at least a couple of years. John Hua, Global News. Returning to our top story now, the Federal Court of Appeal quashing the Trans Mountain Pipeline approval. Conservation groups are celebrating that win tonight. Linda Aylesworth explains how their fight for the protection of southern resident orcas played a big role in the decision. It's been a bad day for proponents of the Trans Mountain Pipeline. But a very good day for endangered southern resident killer whales. We're relieved and um, a bit, I, I know, maybe a little bit surprised, but when you look at the, at the law, it shouldn't have been surprising at all. The Federal Court of Appeal found that, among other things, the National Energy Board excluded marine shipping when conducting its environmental assessment. And as a result... Its report failed to address marine impacts, failed to address impacts on southern resident killer whales and meet the standards of the Species at Risk Act. As well as the Environmental Assessment Act. That doesn't mean the National Energy Board was unaware of the risks posed to southern resident killer whales. The court decision states that the board found the operation of the project-related tankers was likely to result in significant adverse effects to the southern resident killer whale population. <laughs> specifically noting the effects of tanker noise and spill risk. And yet... What the court has said is that the National Energy Board took the approach that its responsibility ended when the tankers left the dock. So it only considered the project as far as the marine terminal. So what now? As of now, the National Energy Board permits would be torn up and they would have to do a proper assessment of the consequences and the risks from this project on southern resident killer whales. In the meantime, the court has sent a clear message. It said, we have these laws, they're there for a reason, they're, they're there to protect species that are going extinct. And that's what the courts did was uphold that. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. On a lighter note regarding some marine mammals, uh, one marine mammal's fascination with a winged insect is getting a lot of attention online. 
An employee at the Oregon Zoo shot the video of Kea, the harbor seal, transfixed by something she may never have seen, a butterfly that somehow got into the building. Kea has been at the zoo since 2015 and seemed enthralled for several minutes. I was a little shocked. Uh, we've had problems here before, but not quite like this. An RCMP officer in Manitoba is recovering from serious injuries after being shot near the small resort town of Nipua. Two officers were responding to a break and enter call when they were fired on as they got out of their cruiser. One officer was hit and rushed to hospital. The four suspects split up, but they were all arrested after an extensive manhunt. Some signs of progress tonight in the negotiations for a new North American free trade agreement. Foreign Affairs Minister Christia Freeland updating reporters in Washington today during a pause in talks. I would say, you know, this is a very, very uh, intense set of conversations. Uh, and I continue to feel that there is a lot of goodwill on all sides. And Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and other officials briefed provincial leaders today on the potential trade-offs to reach a deal seen as another sign that progress is being made. A number of people have been killed and many more are injured tonight after a bus collided with a semi-trailer truck in New Mexico. Rescuers surrounded by debris worked frantically to get passengers out of the wreckage. Along a New Mexico highway, unbelievable destruction, showing a median covered with wreckage, the unmistakable shape of a Greyhound passenger bus, and a semi-truck. New Mexico police calling this a mass casualty event with multiple fatalities, but unclear how many. Crash happening late this afternoon on I-40 near the small town of Thoreau, roughly 100 miles west of Albuquerque. Officials say the Greyhound bus was carrying 47 passengers from Albuquerque to Phoenix when it collided with the big rig. The impact so powerful, it sent parts of the vehicles flying hundreds of feet. The crash shutting down traffic on the highway as police investigate. Local hospitals preparing for dozens of patients, but at this point, authorities still unclear how many passengers survived. Gotti Schwartz, NBC News. Well, the latest reports tonight say at least four people were killed and dozens others were injured. And at least 10 people were injured in the collapse of a huge building in Chicago. Firefighters rescued a victim from the crushed wreckage of a water reclamation plant after it collapsed following an explosion. At least 10 people were injured. Crews searching the building uh, rescued at least two people who were also trapped in the rubble. A California man is in FBI custody tonight, accused of threatening to kill employees of the Boston Globe newspaper. The suspect calling the paper the enemy of the people. And if that sounds familiar, it's because you've heard that very same thing from the U.S. president. An FBI SWAT team swarmed the Encino, California home today of a man accused of threatening to attack the Boston Globe. Investigators say 68-year-old Robert Chain called the Globe's newsroom a dozen times beginning August 10th, the same day the Globe launched a national campaign that urged other newspapers to run editorials supporting a free press. As long as you keep attacking the president, he said in one call, he'd continue his threats, according to the FBI. And in another court document say he told the Globe, I'm going to shoot you in the effing head later today at 4 o'clock. The FBI says in several of his threatening calls, he said, quote, you're the enemy of the people. 
That's a phrase President Trump has repeatedly used to criticize the press for what he considers unfair coverage. I called the fake news the enemy of the people, and they are. They are the enemy of the people. The president used it again today in a series of tweets attacking the media, including NBC News. It's a dangerous game because there's a risk that individuals who are upset with the media, who support the president for whatever reason, will take this kind of language literally. Jane is charged with making threats in interstate communications. Authorities say he had weapons and bought a rifle three months ago. Pete Williams, NBC News, Washington. In health matters tonight, it's not often you'd consider a car wash to be therapeutic, but for one Lethbridge boy, his local car wash is one of the most special places on earth. What do you say when you want to go in the car wash? Going in a car wash! Not many days pass by when Jude Rudix isn't at the car wash. Yeah! Maybe you won't! The five-year-old loves everything about Mint Smart Wash. The sights, the sounds. Whoa! So much so, the Rudics come through even when their car is already spotless, which led Jude's father, Brandon, to approach management to tell them how much the car wash meant to his son. My boy loves the car wash, so we come through every single day. And uh, he asked me why, and so I told him, I was like, He's, he has autism, and uh, it just it helps calm him and soothe him. Touched by Jude's love for the car wash, management gave Brandon a business card to set up future meetings. When Jude saw the card, he decided to join the car wash team. He went and got it and put tape on it and put it on his lapel area on his shirt. He was walking around the house, Dad, I work at the car wash. Dad, I work at the car wash. A meeting was set up where Jude had the chance to get some free swag and car washes. What do you say, buddy? You're so welcome. Jude is now an honorary assistant manager, waving people into the wash bay and even monitoring the security cams. <laughs> it actually means so, so, so much. Um, just like I said, there's so much stigma and stuff, so there's so much negative you see. For them being so understanding and accepting, that's huge. To be quite honest, we're here to clean cars and it's just a it's just the cherry on top that other people are getting help through it. This is what we call the wax. And thanks to Jude, the Rudix own the cleanest car in Lethbridge. Mapatakio, Global News. Prince Harry brought the house down in London last night and pretty much set social media on fire as well with two words. You say... <laughs> That's definitely not going to happen. He did try, but I said no. Um, Harry singing the first two words of the song You'll Be Back from the hit show Hamilton after the Duke and Duchess of Sussex had watched a charity performance of the show. The song is sung in the musical by King George III, who happens to be Harry's great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather. The show's creator, who hosted the royal couple, talked about the irony of the evening. It's funny, I was on my honeymoon when I thought, you know, it would be funny if I had King George in the show. <laughs> Smash cut to 2018. <laughs> and I am sitting next to his sixth great grandson. That's that was amazing. six greats, by the way. Six greats, yeah. that was. And, uh, and a great performance in only two words. 
Uh, let's see what's going on down at the PE right now in weather. Christy uh, Gordon joins us now with a look at what's happening. Hi, Christy. Hello, you too. You know, there's, of course, a lot of inventive things down here at the Peony for trying out. Uh, Squire can attest to that. Can't eat apple uh, with crickets on it. But there's some exceptional ones uh, like this one, a deep fried burger. You talk about great, 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 great. Well, I can't wait to try this one. And there's a lot of pressure for concession owners to find innovative, neat things. And this is the one that is touted as one of the best here at the Peony, and we'll try it in a second. It is a beautiful day out there. Temperature-wise, we warmed up to seasonal temperatures, 20, 21 degrees. We are looking at lots of sunshine, although we had a fair amount of cloud this morning. Uh, 21 still down at the airport. We're seeing 22 here at uh, the PNE. Air quality index, lots of blue, so that's great news, except for the Castlegar area. West Kootenai still dealing with a fair amount of smoke in that region this hour. Now, fire danger, and we just wanted to show you all those white dots. Those are the lightning strikes we saw yesterday. There was concern for more fires being ignited. Thankfully, a lot of those dots happened where the fire risk was very low to low. So that is good news. Only a couple more, uh, two fires ignited yesterday, but lots of extreme uh, areas in red there. So watch for that as you head into your weekend. That includes the south coast. We have lightning strikes in some areas across the east. That's going to push out overnight. We'll be left with some cloud cover in the morning for the south coast. Breaks of sunshine, but a fair amount of cloud expected for your Friday especially in the morning. Your weekend, though, looking phenomenal. There's your Friday, everyone. So rain across the north coast, a mix of sun and cloud further inland, down through the south, near seasonal values, a beautiful day. And across the south coast, we'll see quite a bit of cloud for our Friday. But then as we head into the weekend, morning cloud Saturday, uh, evening cloud Sunday, slight chance of showers on Monday, but a pretty nice looking long weekend, especially when the kids go back to school on the Tuesday. I want to introduce you to Jason Ow. He is the owner operator of Tin Lizzie Concessions. And we were talking about um, just that, like how there's a lot of pressure for you guys to come up with neat stuff. Every year it is just mind boggling because you got to come up with something that's new, unique, interesting, crazy, and something that's going to be good and only can get at the you know, at the PE. So, how'd you come up with the idea of the deep fried burger? Deep fried burger. Well, we, we do some vending and uh, and uh, fry bread's actually a big uh, seller, and we actually have a burger trailer as well, too. So, we're looking at that thinking, hey, I think we can do, a, you know, like a fry bread deep fried burger sort of thing. And we tested it and tried, and there you go. But it was hard, I'm sure. First, you were saying it down in Arizona is where you got the idea. But you tried their fry bread, and it made it huge. But you had to really sort of uh, fix up this, this, I guess. Yeah, we actually worked with it a long time because uh, with the fry bread, there's a lot of yeast in it. And when we actually deep fried it with the burger, it, like, puffed up and rose and opened up and like yeah it didn't turn out at all but this is the final creation and I think we finally got it it's uh I'll, I'll test that I'll test that for you oh and there's cheese in it too can you hold that for absolutely me? there's that crunch <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. very crunchy oh and juicy in the middle oh yeah that is good Oh, there's even ketchup in it. Yes, mm. absolutely. What's a burger with ketchup? Yeah, no, for sure. Now it just needs maybe a, a pickle and I'm good. No, this is amazing. Good job on, on making this. Um, so lots of course down here at the Peony. Thank you so much, Jason. I've got a full mouth, so I'm going to let you say goodbye to Chris and Soap. 
All right, uh, and goodbye, <laughs> and come come down to Vini and check out a deep fried burger. Awesome. Oh, I definitely oh will. Oh my goodness. Days are running out. We got to get down there for sure. Sorry, do I have drool on my? I know, I right? Just, I'm, it looks so good. <laughs> Pavlov's dog experiment going on here. Uh, Squire spent some time down well, there. We'll continue and deep, on the same theme. Right. Deep because, fried burgers uh, um, are not it. It, it, I mean, what that gentleman said is true. I mean, you know, you go back years ago, what was the most exotic thing? A foot-long hot dog. That's changed. I mean, it's still there, Yeah. but there's a lot of other weird things, too, and the PE wants different kinds of food. Here we go. I think it's safe to say the PE is where diets go to die, at least for a couple of weeks anyway. Over the years, the fair has graduated from old-school offerings to throwing anything and everything within a five-block radius into a deep fryer. So it is a Reese's peanut butter cup wrapped in bacon, and then we batter it in our secret batter and deep fry it. Now there is a good reason as to why the PE loves some of their vendors to be this experimental. We look at food that's something unique, dynamic, but something that people could talk about and share. Uh, social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, because people like to come and really brag of what they ate. As in, I ate a milkshake burger, which is a regular burger, except for one extra thing. So I'm gonna bring the ice cream over to here. Right. Now hold it, wouldn't the ice cream just melt? This is, a, well, uh, two reasons it does. This is actually a pretty high quality ice cream that uh, doesn't melt very easy. Right. And we got a big buffer between the, the hot and the, then oh, the cold. Oh, I see, okay. okay. All right, you ready for this? Go. How much bun, how much ice cream, how much meat did you get in that bite? I got a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And it tastes great? It's great. You have to be great and unique. Remember bacon candy floss? Because there are 85 food vendors on this site. And you'll be happy to know they found a new food to pair up with crickets. Usually, if a bug lands on your food, you brush it off and you don't eat it. But this Wait. is exactly the opposite. Do you want to try it to make sure it's good? Because <laughs> do you want to do a quality test? <laughs> Big bite. Mmm. And what's the verdict? It's actually good. It's good. No, it's quite all right. I, it's all yours. It's really tasty. It is really tasty. Everybody buy a cricket caramel apple. Yay! <laughs> I sense she hadn't taken too many bites of those before right I don't think she'd right ever then. eaten it. She never ate it before. And wow. We, we kind of like, you know, come on. <laughs> an apple a day. Well, an apple a day, yes, but apple with caramel and then bugs. <laughs> I know they're crickets. but you know, Protein? But fiber? Actually, they were called peanuts with legs. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make it any better. We, we've always said it about you, that good things come in small packages. Oh, we say you. it about you, too. <laughs> yes. Um, and tall packages, too. And tall packages, yeah. But we're talking about the little packages tonight. Very little for um, the Vancouver Whitecaps. Five feet, two inches tall. So here's a tip for all you tall people. Never sell the small man short. They may not be able to see over a crowd. They might need a stepladder to change a light bulb. But remember this. When that asteroid killed all the dinosaurs, who survived? Who? The little mammals. That's who. They knew how to work low to the ground, just like Kristen Teixeira. There are jockeys at Hastings Park 
that are taller than Teixeira. But when this 5-foot-2-inch dynamo gets on the score sheet, the Whitecaps become a big problem for their opposition. Got Teixeira, the right ball could put Teixeira through. It's Christian Teixeira. That's a there's not supposed to be any sure things in sport, but that rule doesn't seem to apply to the Whitecaps' Christian Teixeira. The Whitecaps have never lost a match when Teixeira scores a goal or records an assist. That streak is now at an astonishing 34 games. Vancouver's record, 25 wins, 9 draws, no losses. It shows that when he plays and he scores and he contributes to the team, then we're a very effective team. But I knew that all along. It doesn't surprise me, that stat. I think it probably surprises a few more than me. Teixeira's on the other side of the penalty area. It's a good-looking ball across! It's one of those stats that is unexplainable. As far as his teammates are concerned, no explanation necessary. No need to figure it out, just give him the ball, I guess. <laughs> you know, let's get him, let's get him scoring if that's the case. We, we don't necessarily talk about it as a team, but we're aware of it. Um, I, I don't want to speak too much about it because I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> you know, I just hope he keeps scoring and we keep winning. Teixeira doesn't speak English, so he lets his play do the talking. We assume he's aware of his incredible streak. The one they call the bug already has a career-high eight goals this year in just 16 games, and he's starting to produce much more consistently, which of course can only be good news for the Whitecaps. People tend to focus on what he can't do. He's, he's five, five, just under over five foot, five foot two. He's one of the smallest players, so they talk about him not winning tackles and not doing this and doing that. But he's got eight goals for us. I think he's created four or five goals, and he, you know for what. What he is, he's an exceptional player for us. With the Caps feverishly chasing down a playoff spot, they'll need this improbable Teixeira streak to continue, which makes a guy think a little outside the box. I said, uh, I want you to score every game, you know, and if it came down to it, and it's one of those, now I'm like, okay, do I take this penalty or do I give it to him? <laughs> <laughs> Canada's national team has called up Alfonso Davies to wear the red and white against the U.S. Virgin Islands on September 9th as part of the uh, CONCACAF National League qualifier games. He was the top scorer with three goals for Canada at the Gold Cup last summer. He has only played six times for Canada, but he's already the player the team will try to build around going forward. One thing Canada has always lacked is a quality goal scorer. Davies could be that player. Speaking of Canadians, Eugenie Bouchard against Czech teenager Marquetta. Vondrusova today at the U.S. Open. This is second round action. Bouchard said she wasn't feeling herself today. She lost the first set 6-4. Second set, down a break, rallies here to tie at 3-3. But then she had problems holding her serve the entire afternoon. She was broken five times, 32 unforced errors. Not good enough. Andre Silva comes up with the... So Bouchard is out. 6-4, 6-3. Shapovalov and Ronich will both play tomorrow in the big match tomorrow night as the Battle of the Williams Sisters, Venus against Serena in the third round. Well, last week, of course, in Regina, Brooke Henderson won the Canadian Open. Now she's down in Portland. For the latest LPGA event, she has won this twice. Her first ever LPGA win was this tournament in Portland. This is on the par 3 13th. Yeah, that's close enough for Bird. She knocked that in. She actually finished with five birdies in her last six holes. Well, think about Brooke Henderson. If you notice, she chokes up on every club. Sandwich for Brooke. 
Seems to be working. It works for her. I'm starting to do that now. I'm going to start doing that. She's uh, in second place. She is two off the lead. Johnny Manziel back from a concussion, but he won't start for Montreal tomorrow against Ottawa. Antonio Pipkin, who led the Owls to a win over Toronto last week, he'll be the starter. But despite being the better player of the two so far this season, he'll be on a short leash because Montreal really wants Manziel to be their starting quarterback this year. There you go. All right. Thank you, Squire. You're welcome. Let's check in with Andrew and now for a look ahead to Global News at 11. And thanks, Sophie. And we are talking with more business owners along First Avenue in Vancouver on their plans to launch a class action lawsuit against Fortis, B.C. This isn't the first time business owners have been impacted by construction and pursued legal action. You may recall several businesses along Canby Street sued for losses during the Canada Line construction. And a food recall to tell you about tonight. Pinti's Delicious Foods is recalling its Italian-style chicken schnitzel due to possible listeria contamination. Recalled products should be thrown out or returned to the store where they were purchased. Much more tonight when you join us at 11 o'clock. Chris, Sophie. All right. Thanks very much, Anne. And still to come, the locally made alcoholic beverage that's so popular. Good luck finding it. That story is coming up next. But first, here's Kasia Padurka with five things to do this long weekend. Kasia? Yep, we're gearing up for another long weekend of celebrations, beginning with one of the largest Japanese festivals in Canada. Nikkei Matsuri in Burnaby attracts over 13,000 people each year as it showcases the best of Japanese culture, including taiko drumming, a ninja showcase, a talent search, not to mention incredible authentic food. It's your last chance to get your groove on in one of the country's top parks, Rocky Point Park in Port Moody. Summer Sundays features free blues, soul, funk, and R&B concerts, and this week, Big City Soul will take the stage. It's being called the best rodeo west of the Rockies. The Interior Provincial Exhibition and Stampede in Armstrong has it all. A midway, professional rodeo, agricultural exhibits, and live entertainment, including a top chef competition. Did you ever think you'd get to do the YMCA with the real village people or just want to have fun with Cindy Lauper herself? Well, go for it this weekend at the PNE. Free general admission to the summer night concerts once you pay to get into the fair. The 25th annual Vancouver Island Blues Bash kicks off Friday. Throughout the weekend, it'll feature local and international blues and R&B artists on the picturesque outdoor stage in Victoria's Inner Harbour. The lineup includes Brick House, The Midnights, and the Bill Johnson Band. For more, head to globalnews.ca slash five things. Five Things to Do is brought to you by BCAA. Get a BCAA membership and save with our many partners. Plus, get the best roadside assistance. Coming up on ET Canada, details and reaction to Louis C.K.'s comedy comeback, plus the stars coming to the Toronto International Film Festival to help the Artists for Peace and Justice celebrate a milestone. That's coming up at 7, right after the news hour. Back to you, Chris and Sophie. All right, thanks very much, Sangeeta. Beer, wine, cider, easy to grab yes. summer drinks, am I right? Thank you, I'll take some. Mm-hmm. But a couple of local companies have tapped into a thirst that people who want alcohol but not the healthy additives really, really crave. And as Aaron MacArthur reports, they've created an entirely new category in the liquor stores. They come off the line by the thousands. Nude vodka soda. It's not a beer. It's not a cooler. It's something entirely different. A new segment of the booze market that didn't even exist until a couple of years ago. We found that the coolers on the market had too much sugar, gives you too much of a hangover, 
Um, beers make you a little bit bloated if you drink too many of them, so we just want to create something that doesn't have any sugar. There are countless brands trying to squeeze into the gap left by people looking for something other than beer. BC has become a hotbed for this market. Neutral vodka soda, a similar offering from Delta-based distiller Goodrich & Williams. The canned beverages actually driving people towards their longer established spirits. What we want to do is make sure that British Columbians and Canadians uh, get to get into craft spirits, the actual physical spirits, and we believe that the ready-to-drink uh, canned beverages are, are a really good way to try a better spirit. Nude sold 270,000 cases last year just in BC. Neutral is nationwide with sales around a million. The volume has been so robust, liquor stores can't keep the product on the shelves. So to get them in and then get them out as quickly as we can has just been really a challenge. And suppliers, you know, you kind of plan for the best and make a lot, uh, but I don't think they expected to see the demand that we're seeing this year. When it comes to the alcohol market, BC is often a leader with uptake of new types of product. The vodka soda market, just another opportunity for local companies to expand their reach. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. You know what goes well with a vodka soda? What? A deep fried burger. Oh yeah. <laughs> Anna and wash it down afterwards. <laughs> Caramel yeah. apple with some crickets. Yeah, how about some crickets? Mm, Check in with yum. Christy again. <laughs> Have you tried the apple yet, Christy? No, I certainly have. I had to leave that to the expert, like Squire. Actually, I heard that he didn't even try it. No, I'm Did not you, trying Squire? that. If, oh. if, there, if there are bugs <laughs> in my food, I'm not eating it. All she's got left is a dirty <laughs> napkin. Look at that. That is right. I scarfed it down, you guys. It really was good. I would recommend, if you're going to try anything down here, try the deep-fried burger. And uh, our cameraman, Al Cohn, has come up with the idea for them next year. It's going to be a deep-fried burger. Uh, breakfast wrap with egg and bacon. Doesn't that sound amazing? Ooh. Beautiful <laughs> evening down here. Uh, it'll be great. Jan Arden playing at 8.30. Okay, guys, back to you. All right. Thanks very much, Christy. Thank you for watching. Have a great night. Good night, all.